0: Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Next summer sightings. Tony Kornheiser on electric bike. On electric
1: bike, yes. Do you think Alan has one of those? I hope he does. Just no. cruising through Dewey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we could we get you one with tandem, you know, seats on it. I'm excited about this.
0: So they do make a they do make a kid's seat in the back. Again, oh, they I, do? I've been instructed I'm not allowed to get that. <laughs> that's, that's No forbidden. you can't,
1: because you'll lose one of the kids. They'll fly off. <laughs> Just showing up the preschool as I'm
2: <laughs> spinning out on one of those. <laughs> This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Alan texted me.
1: Alan does have an electric bike out at the beach. Oh, wow. So we can ride in tandem <laughs> at the beach at some point. That would be very exciting. We're going to do something a little bit different today. We're not going to open the show with the traditional open. The traditional open will come at the end of the first guest, who is Chuck Culpepper, because Chuck's covering things in Qatar, and, and so we're going to get him on. And then I'll open the show. I mean, I think you can handle it. It's a Thanksgiving show. You didn't expect it anyway. So come on. (laughs) Be grateful for small things. Uh, Let's start with Chuck Culpepper. And the most important thing is, it is now 7.38 in the morning on Thursday morning in the eastern part of the United States of America. What time is it right now, kids, in Qatar? What time is it?
3: It is 3.38 p.m. And the sun is kind of starting to wane. It goes down really early here because of some kind of time zone uh, nuance that's going on here. Such as that when you fly from Dubai to here, they seem to it takes you forty minutes, but you're in another time zone. So okay, you're in an earlier one. So okay, so it is three thirty-eight p.m.
1: Middle to late afternoon in Qatar. Where is the most important question? What hotel are you staying at? Is it a good hotel? What do you got?
3: It is a very good apartment complex with um, the other day I was out looking for coffee and I was new, new in the neighborhood and I couldn't find any. And then I suddenly turned around and there was a giant beaming sign of a Krispy Kreme in English and Arabic right in front of me. So I went in there and had some lovely coffee. So it's an excellent neighborhood full of supermarkets and right down the street from one of the eight stadiums here.
1: I'm going to assume that there is no problem at all in having people speak English to you. I'm going to assume everybody speaks English. Am I right on that?
3: You're right on that. And I tell yeah. you, the yeah. strangest thing that happens is English has swept the world to such degree that sometimes people who are here or over in the UAE, say from say they're from Morocco or Egypt or Lebanon or whatever, you'll start talking and they will apologize to you for their English <laughs> And I will, I'll always say to them, it's much better than my Arabic. And besides, we're standing in a country where Arabic is the official language, you know. But English is the official language of Earth. It yeah. themes more and more. You never go anywhere without signage in English.
1: Right. So, so this is for the kids out there at school when they say, well, what do you want to take? Spanish or French? You don't have to do it. English. I'm good here. I'm good with English. Take something exotic like Mandarin. That'll help you down the road. Okay. How big is this country in relative size to a state in the United States of America? How big in terms of size,
3: and what is their population? Pretty close to Connecticut. Okay. And this population of, of, of about, uh, let's see, three. I think it's 3 million, but the key thing there is that 90%, 88% are guest workers who tend to be from India, Bangladesh, sometimes Philippines, Nepal, Sri Lanka, uh, Pakistan, uh, about, they make up about 88%. So you seldom see the Qatari citizens uh, who are about 300,000. That's, That's it? So, That's all they got That's is 300,000? That's it? They got, they've got 300,000 and they've got the biggest sporting event in the world. So,
1: My God, 300,000, go. that's all there are? That's wow. I, I, I had no idea. That's the size of a, that's Buffalo, yeah. right? That's smaller than right. Buffalo, maybe. Right. Smaller than D.C. as well. Oh, huh? certainly smaller. Wow. All right. The other question is, in a, in a country the size of Connecticut, they built eight stadiums. Eight stadiums. How close are the stadiums to you and to each other?
3: There's never more than a 45-minute trip to get to one. And sometimes when you're riding along the highway in a bus or an Uber or whatever, you can look out the window and there's two in the same frame wow. without without moving your eyeballs. There's two of them that, you know, they appear to be neighbors. They're next to each other. and um, But never more than 45 minutes and usually accessible by metro. So it's the one on the front. Far north, actually, the second one on the north. I worked a match there the other day, the Saudi Arabia upset, and then I uh-huh. left by Metro and rode about 45 minutes down to the one on the south to work the France match by night. So Wow, I wonder if it, they have
1: <laughs> fires on their Metro like we do in D.C. Fires all the time.
3: Oh, None
1: is- so far. It's brand new. Okay, so yeah. having asked all of these questions now, the obvious next question is, Are you kidding me? How did they get this thing? It's the size of Connecticut. You got 300,000 natives. How did they get this thing? They got it, as Sally Jenkins suggests in her fabulously satirical piece the other day, by greasing (laughs) palms all over the world, which, by the way, kids, is the way the world does business. It may not be the way we do business, but it's the way the world does business. Am I right or wrong on this?
3: Oh, I mean, I'm always disappointed at opening ceremonies of Olympics or... Or the World Cup here, or whatever. That there's not some skit that you know pays homage to the global cherished global tradition of bribery. <laughs> I mean, it's such a huge factor in these events. Think about our own Salt Lake that had its yes, its kind of mess. Before. Yes, with Mitt Romney, that, kids. You know, yes, Mitt I mean, Romney, right? it, it is. It, it
1: look. The fact that we stand here and moralize about other countries and how they do business is beyond my comprehension. If we don't want to do it that way in our country, that's great. God bless us. But the rest of the world, Chuck, every single big event is because somebody greased somebody else, right?
3: I would say most every. I might hold out some hope for, say, the... I don't recall anything like that with the Lillehammer 1994 Olympics in Norway, or I don't know Barcelona '92 or something like that. Um, And you know, anymore when when these places are against each other, vying with bids for these events, you kind of you kind of think: Is are we going to have what? There's, for example, there's talk of in 2030, it'll be the hundred years of the World Cup. So should it go back to Uruguay, where it began? Yes, it should. Yes. Um, But But Uruguay puts together a bid that's apparently with other countries. Will it win? You wonder if it'll win because you wonder if somebody else will outbid it, so to speak.
1: Okay. You said you were at the Argentina-Saudi Arabia game. That was immediately being described, and I'm not a soccer person, so I don't know, so I accept this. It was immediately being described as one of the biggest upsets in the history of World Cup. Do you put it in that category?
3: Oh, absolutely. And may, it might be the biggest. Really? There's a, That list has the U.S. over England and Brazil in 1950, and North Korea over Italy and England in 1966, and Senegal over France and Korea and Japan 2002. But this one, I mean... I was riding a bus to get there with some saudi families, you know, taking their kids. to Those kids were pretty much going, I think, going to see Lionel Messi of Argentina. That was the purpose of going there. Right. It was going to be 5 nothing, 6 nothing. And then, you know, to Saudi Arabia's down 1-1 one, one, nothing at the half and they've been completely outplayed and then they score these two goals and You can spend your life going to stadiums and listening to crowd noise and being awed by some of it and still hear some sort of other decibel dimension that that comes from surprise, especially from surprise that was just as colossal as this surprise was.
1: All right, that's good to know. Now, I, I would not bet against Argentina getting out of group. You know, I wouldn't bet against that. And once I would you, not And once you get out of the group, you know, you're in the tournament at that point, so you can right. win, right? right. So you, you've, we, have, we have the same feeling about that. In that context, then, um, with an upset of that magnitude, should we in the United States feel disappointed that we tied with Wales, a, a, by the way, a country probably about the size of Connecticut as well, but with more people
3: um, than, than Qatar?
1: Should we feel disappointed in that?
3: I think we should feel mild disappointment because of how it unfolded. If you'd said before, oh, you're going to get a 1-1 draw and you're going to um, – Wales is, has done a lot in international soccer recently, kind of more than the U.S. has if you, if you put it together. Right. Uh, great showing in Euro 2016, I believe it was. And, um, and so, you know, and has players who compete in these – These major leagues, uh, just as much as we do, and has a star, Christian Bale, who's, you know, bigger than any star we've had on the global scene. So I would say mild disappointment because of having the lead so late and then having a penalty and then having it unfold that way.
1: Okay. Do you see us? getting through the group do you see us as being able to beat for example iran if we beat iran and we get a three-pointer with a tie we're going to get through the group do you see us as having that ability
3: i do i think the ability is there and i just wonder about iran in terms of what they're going through in their country now and you know the manager was talking the other day after they lost 6-2 to england which by the way looked like it could win the whole thing but um I just the way he was talking about the pressures these players are under, he said you just can't imagine. So while the history of the US team including the loss to Iran in 1998, which is long ago, I know, but the history of the US team makes me think it could get caught up in a, in a you know a wrestling match with Iran and 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 have some trouble. I just I just wonder about you know, the, how hard it is to play for Iran right now. And okay. so the, the U.S., I think, could benefit from that, as, as well as being, you know, as this began, the odds-on favorites to get out of that group were England and the United States. So it will be a matter of just kind of holding your wagering position as seen before the tournament. Yeah. Can I
1: mention this one thing? I mean, we're not pals with Iran. We have, in the last 40 years significant history with iran i'm not saying it affects the united states players but that might affect the iranian players yes or no
3: i would say no you mean uh sort of the the emotions between the two yeah. countries yeah i i would say from i i don't know how many iranian people i've t- talked to in my life but i would say a hundred or so i don't know what the number is but um, and you know this has been when I lived in the UAE, and this has been, um, say, for example, in Los Angeles, um, and it's it's um, I would I would say that the animosity is largely seen as being between the government, okay, and less so between the people, and that this is one of the places in the world, Iran, that I most desperately would like to go because everybody who goes there tells me that is the most hospitable place on earth. I don't know how you would rank that, but really there's just an extraordinary hospitality, even in, you know, even in just chance meetings when you're sitting in an airport somewhere and start talking to someone, which was a specific memory of mine, where this man and his wife started telling me we should be friends. And it's just, there's just this very, very, um, there's this great warmth about uh, people there. And I think, that of course, this would reflect in the national team, and I don't feel like the players would get any sort of motivation from sort of geopolitical things.
1: It's interesting. That's good to know. Um, how obvious are the restrictions in the country that where you're covering this thing? The stories about the shirts and the hats and the armbands, being people being asked to to get rid of them, even the beer. The incredible bait and switch on the beer. You go to Budweiser and you say we'd like, I don't know, $300 million. And don't worry, you can sell the beer. Oh, no, now you can't. (laughs) Thanks for the money. Um, Do you feel any of those things?
3: Apparently, they'd like to get an Olympics around here, too. And apparently, that that bait and switch is going to be a real thorn in that um, Well, I would hope so. (laughs) I would hope so. It should be. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had any wine in 10 days, which is like a record uh, for adulthood, I think. (laughs) Maybe even years, If you put (laughs) those in there, Um, you can find it some places, but you have to go find it. Um, And it's very, it's very clear that it's absent and that alcohol is absent. There's a feeling around the stadiums that there's, it's just different, different from being at, say, an English Premier League or a Southeastern Conference stadium. Yeah. So, and then, of course, it's been felt in the stories you hear going around about the rainbow. Yep shirts or, or gear or maybe a tiny patch on your shirt that are just not being permitted around here, which I just find, you know, A, short-sighted, but B, I, I have found that kind of surprising given the sort of the welcoming aspect that was pitched to everyone for this event. Um, but you don't – if you were to walk around day-to-day, ride the Metro, uh, walk among fans toward the games – see the fans dressed up, you would you would really often forget where you are. OK, it, w- it wouldn't feel necessarily, you know, vastly different from, say, Russia in 2018.
1: Well, that's a, a, a wonderful comparison you know, to a country <laughs> that <laughs> completely, completely suppresses human rights. I have a soccer question. Right. It's going to reveal my stupidity, but bear with me on this the reason I don't particularly like soccer and the reason, and I will watch the American games and I will watch the finals and the semifinals. Of course I'm going to do that. But the reason I don't respond to it is because they don't shoot enough. They don't shoot enough. They play with the ball on the perimeter and then they pass and they pass and they pass. And to me, you got to try to score more. Um, I'm sure that I'm considered a Luddite and I'm sure that people who like soccer like to say, "Oh, you don't understand." Well, I do understand. I understand that one nothing is boring me out of my mind, and I wish you would shoot more. Um, what is your response to that? Why does soccer? Why are they so careful and less carefree?
3: I think a because you you know shooting more opens you up a lot of times to to you know bad things. Defensively, right. Um, but it, it's what you bring up is it, it makes me think about um, when I, I, I moved to England and I in 2006 and I tried to learn kind of what the passion stemmed from, other than being raised around a certain sport, which matters greatly. But I, I've noticed that the fans actually get thrills out of those plays that don't involve any shooting at all. Now they might be. Possibly leading to, toward that, but there's actual attention paid to and and some you know joy or appreciation derived from those moments when they're just passing the ball around, and uh, it's just it, that is a whole different thing, um, you know. And then when you when you say listen, you listen to them talk about the NFL or or college football or whatever. Well, they never talk about college football, I'm sorry. But when you listen to them talk about the NFL, their big beef is the breaks between the plays. Right. Whereas I, being raised on American football, I always think of the breaks between the plays as being one of the best things about the sport, that sort of anticipation where nothing's going on, but you're waiting for the next play because you know the situation. I love that about American football. So it matters so much of where and how and around what you were raised i think
1: you're probably right we're going to ask you this the next time so you're going to have time to think about it because i just won't okay. wouldn't, i wouldn't spring this one on you now in other sports that we are more familiar with in basketball the three-point shot changed everything about the game in baseball the invention of the closer changed everything about the game strategically everything Next time we talk, is there anything in soccer, or is soccer the same game now that it was 100 years ago? Is there a change in it that has revolutionized it and, and just cast it spinning wildly in another direction? So next time we'll mention that, as well as we'll also ask you again about what time it is, because I've already forgotten. Okay. Thank you, Chuck. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tom. Chuck Culpepper. He, does, he, he owns a story. He's such a great writer. If you get a chance to... Michael Wright. I mean, when he owns the story, but you, you can hear
0: it in his voice. He brings a, an understanding of the world to everything that he covers. Just wonderful. So now we're going to do the open part. Okay? Oh, I had some population numbers if you. What wanted. do you got? You were
4: very accurate with Buffalo. Two hundred and seventy-six thousand. I'm saying it's little off with Wales. Wales three point one million.
1: Okay. The country hosting this thing is <laughs> the same amount of people in the entire country as in Buffalo. Yeah, and um,
0: Wales dominated that second half. Unbelievable!
1: <laughs> That's true. Uh, from Rico in the forest, uh, to, he's um, saying he's probably one of the thousand people to give congrats to you, Bing boys. Please don't schedule my Spartans in the future. Binghamton won last night. Binghamton got six points in the last five point five seconds yes. to beat Columbia. You know, now we're not. We're not with them academically. We're not. <laughs> well, we're close. For a public school, we're real close. But we're not with them academically. But the fact that we could beat an Ivy League school is, is great. I think it made Sports Center. I'm not certain. I hope so. I hope it made Why do you have Sports to look
0: at me when you're talking about beating an Ivy League school, Dad? you
1: went to an Ivy League school. <laughs> From Mark Feinstein, while getting some of our pre-Thanksgiving shopping done this weekend, my wife and I were walking down the ice cream aisle at Wegmans. When I stopped short and I said in a louder than necessary voice, wow, they have Tillamook. My wife gave me a quizzical look, puzzled at my excitement about a brand she'd never heard of. Tony talks about it on the podcast all the time. I told her, I'm surprised you couldn't hear our eye roll from 200 miles away. Anyway, after scanning the wide variety of flavors, we bought the coffee almond fudge to serve at Thanksgiving. I had asked Carol to get that yesterday, but they didn't have it. Um, So we don't have that here. Mostly because she wanted me to stop talking about it. Fine. Now I just hope it's good, or she will never let me take brand advice from the pot again. Look, Tillamook is good. It's not great. I, I'm not trying to sell you on something that was 20 years ago, greater's ice cream in Cincinnati where you went, "Wow, right? I'm not doing that. It's good. It's not great. And, and it the, gives creaminess, you a lot.
0: the creaminess is different if you're just expecting ice cream in a cup. Fine sand with the Wegmans flex. Yeah. I thought he was, thought he was busy following
1: Judge to San Francisco. <laughs> well, maybe he stopped at a Wegmans along the way. From Kevin Boyer uh, at, in Columbia, Missouri, as he likes to write. Being a resident of Columbia, Missouri, I swell with pride whenever I hear anything about it on the show. I'm a letter carrier, so I frequently listen to the show when I'm out on my route. I'm a longtime listener going back to the ESPN days. And I've even had the great Brendan Steenbergen as one of my customers. Current sports-type celebrities on my route are Norm Stewart, Carl Edwards, and when I take my afternoon break, I'm usually looking at the back of Stan Kroenke's house. But none of that is why I'm writing. The aforementioned Mizzou Band are playing in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and I thought you'd be interested. Set your VCR to record because I'm sure you'll still be doing the Thanksgiving morning podcast. Cheers to you and your family. Hope no one chokes on the giblets or giblets. Um, So that's going on now. Uh, you know, I, I've said this before, when I was a kid and even now, I don't ever refer to it as the Thanksgiving Day Parade. It has always been in my mind the Macy's Day Parade. Yes. If you're from New York and they made such a big deal about Macy's, which drove Gimbals crazy, I'm <laughs> sure. Say, what have happened to it was always the Macy's Day Parade in yeah. my mind. Not the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Doesn't NBC usually do that, right? Yeah. Uh, Doesn't yes. Roker do that most of the time? I believe so. And does it start this early? I thought it started. Nine, little- maybe? Oh, Ten? Okay. I don't know. I don't know when it starts. Okay. We are now at eight o'clock Eastern. Right. But I don't know when it starts. Do you? Are you going to give us live uh, traffic and weather as well? You, you've been us <laughs> time all morning. <laughs> well, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to mention something that happened yesterday that is particularly local. Really local in Washington, D.C., it was the last news show by Doreen Gensler. Doreen Gensler had been one of the anchors on the 6 and the 11 in Washington, D.C., on Channel 4, the only news I watched and the only news I've ever watched, uh, for over 30 years. Now, she got to Washington. When I got to Washington in 1979, the anchor um, was Sue Simmons, who then summarily left for New York, where I think she was a big success in New York. Sue Simmons was great. Then a variety of people came into Washington. Um, before Doreen Gensler, I think Wendy was in Washington before Doreen Gensler. I'm pretty sure about that. But when Doreen came, she came as the anchor opposite Jim Vance. And the show in that period of time was Doreen Gensler, Jim Vance, George Michael doing the sports, Bob Ryan, not our Bob Ryan, the other Bob Ryan doing the weather, and Arch Campbell. Man about town, Arch Campbell. And last night, as a tribute to Doreen Gensler, who has retired as of last night? Um, both Arch and Bob Ryan were in studio. Oh, it was really nice. That's fantastic. It was really, you know, poignant as far as I was concerned. And Arch was hysterically funny as he always <laughs> he is, always making is. fun of everybody. <laughs> and so it was. It was nice to see. And I've never met Doreen Gensler. She is friends with my friends like Arch Campbell and Leon Harris, but I've never actually met. Which is odd. I've never met her. I believe her husband has worked at the Washington Post for a million years, though I could be wrong about that. And at the end, you know, they brought up her husband and her family and everything like that. And, and uh, she was, there's something to be said for walking out on your own terms, yes. which she did. She said, okay, I've done this a long time. Our kids are, are raised and we're both, and her husband's retiring this week. So they're gonna, what? Next week, next week retiring next week, Carol says. So that's, that. it was, it was just lovely to see Although it is odd right that I've never met her. I mean I've been over at that studio a million times when we used to do full court press with George. Right. You know. And they always showed they showed clips of George and clips of Vance and it was you know it was heartwarming for an old coot like me to see something like that. You are probably wondering why we are doing this show. Because so often Thanksgiving I go out to Delaware cuz I like to buy junk at highly discounted prices on Black Friday. At when do I go, Mike? At five in the morning. Yeah, the sun faded corduroys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before, yeah. For zero. Another pair of boat shoes for zero. Yeah, you know. But that that store doesn't exist anymore. Oh really? The Bass Outlet isn't there. Oh, it's anymore. been gone for about five years. So I oh. can't. So I'm done. Luckily, Dad has a supply. Yeah. I have a, okay? a couple. Are you okay? I have a couple, but I'm done. I got to last. Yeah. Uh, you know. That's it's. But I I go out there and I come home with bags. Of junk, stuff I wouldn't even wear ever, and I'm so happy because I got it for 70% off. Remnant even though carpets it's useless. the hallway. You know, yeah, it makes me happy, but I'm not doing that this year because I have sciatic in my right leg, and all I do in the middle, I can't get in a car. I can't drive. The positioning of my leg is agonizing. I can't drive, so Carol has to drive me. We went to the doctor yesterday. We went to... Um, To Kevin McGrail, who is the head of neurosurgery at Georgetown. Where'd you park? Well, Carol parked. She let me out so I could walk. The only only relief I have is walking. Last night was the worst night I ever had. From midnight till 4 a.m., I walked around my house. Four hours of walking around my house like Banquo's ghost (laughs) in the middle of the night because I cannot find a position that isn't so painful that I, I can't stay in it. Our
0: fears you know, stick deep in banquo. Well. Yeah I uh, what's the light situation as you're going room to room? Are you turning on and off, on and off? Or are you just a shadow? No, no,
1: I know I, you know I know the house, I know where I am. We've got a couple of lights on, and I walk and I count. And I count hundreds and then thousands and, you know, then 5,000 steps.
0: Do you have your car phone with you? Because in case there's a fall, I want to know. <laughs> no,
1: no, but it's in the next room. It's it's close. But I, I could help, crawl help. to it. I think I could crawl to it. And it's been, it's agony. It's absolute agony. And I hope the doctor who I have, he was wonderful to talk to. Um, very calming. You know, that thing that doctors are supposed to do very well, which is put you at ease and give you the confidence that there is a solution here. And together you're gonna to find it. So I have, I took x-rays yesterday and he looked at the x-rays and he texted me, they're not worrisome, which was a nice sentence. They're not worrisome. And then I'm gonna take an MRI soon. And, and then, you know, I don't know what the path is. A lot of times this thing resolves itself. Maybe I'll take a shot. If they want me to do that, I'll certainly do it. But the more you talk to people, about sciatica and this pain and i'm not certain it's sciatica but that's just a general catch-all term that people understand the more people have had it they've had it this is really common and it is debilitating and agonizing it really is so i mean that's why i can't i can't drive out there i mean i can't even go as a passenger I, i to get in the car I have to put the seat as far back as it goes and as far down as it goes. Right. So I'm sort of lying down, again, doing a Wendy Rieger with my feet in the windshield. <laughs> yeah, shield. you're in the back
0: seat with the dog. <laughs> you know, well, luckily, your loss is our loss because you'll be coming to our house
1: for Thanksgiving dinner. Yes. Well, I mean, to be fair. It's an fair, early seating. Yes. It, we're at the first seating. We, didn't, we weren't invited <laughs> to the main seating. We're at the well, first seating. Yeah. You know, in in Makes the sense. afternoon, and I was going to walk home. I, I might leave Carol there for a while, but I was going to walk back if I could, and because walking is is okay for me, it's okay. You know, so
0: could always take the bike.
1: I'm afraid to try and and pedal. Oh, it's, I'm it's afraid got, it's that would hurt. got a cushion seat. I've got yeah. Th-
4: we we got a number of emails about uh, the the type of helmet you should get. Not really the type, but they said if. You don't. If you have a ten dollar brain, get a ten dollar helmet.
1: You might want to invest in a more expensive helmet. To thirty anyway. <laughs> a thirty dollar brain. Or as Kendrick Perkins once said about brains: if you took Kyrie Irving's brain and put it into a hummingbird, the hummingbird would fly backwards till it killed itself. <laughs> That's why I like Kendrick Perkins. That's why he's on the show. Uh okie dokie. So uh, we're going to do all gambling for the rest of the show because you've got three big games today. That's right. Three big games. So we'll have Chuck Todd when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: These are the Saddlemen. We have played the Saddlemen before, and we're playing them now. There's not an accompanying email because they're good. They know they're good? Yes. And they're basically saying, hey, we're doing you a favor, pal. We're letting you play our music. The Saddlemen, this is a song called I'm No Hero. It plays in Chuck Todd. Chuck, got, It's good that Chuck is good at his day job, because Chuck got killed last week. He really did. Chuck went 1-6 last week. He can't even see the monkey. The monkey's in a different zone. Chuck is 35-40-3, but there's always, in betting, a chance for redemption. You did get crushed last week. And, and Dude, the logic of your picks was there, but you got crushed, right?
5: I, I, I feel good about the picks. I just, well, I don't. And I even, I think on the, a couple of them I said, you know, I shouldn't take this, but I will.
1: Yeah, but those that's, things man,
5: That's what I get. That's what I get.
1: That's what happens. Here we go. We start, we're going to do the three Thanksgiving games. Uh, Buffalo, Detroit always hosts a Thanksgiving game. Dallas always hosts a Thanksgiving game. And then there's one random one. That I assume the late one is on Amazon or am I wrong on that
5: no it's ours buddy
1: that's NBC. N- NBC. This, that's NBC this is
5: a big big money okay this is the most profitable I believe of the NFL games because of all the Black Friday stuff
1: well everybody let's be fair why are we doing a podcast today um <laughs> Because nobody wants to be with their family for any great length of time. It's a good idea till it happens, and then you go, "What am I doing?" You know, four branches
5: in my family represented today. It seemed like a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I mean, Thanksgiving Day football is a big watch. It's a big watch. Let's start with Buffalo at Detroit. Buffalo giving a high number, nine and a half. Detroit, with the exception of the New England game, has had wonderful offense all year. I mean, they're they're exciting. They're sort of a thrilling team to watch. Nine and a half is a lot. I don't know the history of Thanksgiving games if home teams do well or they don't do well. So I'll just leave it up in the air and say that I think nine and a half is a lot.
5: It is, but if I told you, I think Detroit, like, they never cover. Okay. And especially these high spreads, they do a terrible job of covering on Thanksgiving. Um, I'm going with Buffalo. I wish it were... Literally a point lower. That nine yeah. and a half is yeah. high. You gotta win by like ten. See, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see you could see that. But if I told you they won forty one to fourteen, you'd be like, Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that that's it's more likely to be that than a good game. So it's <laughs> and that early game, you know, you're in the middle of preparing, all that stuff. You know, it's always the middle game to me that's more competitive. Yeah, give me the bills.
1: Okay. Uh, the middle game is Dallas. This will get an enormous number. This is a Fox game. Giants at Dallas, two large cities, big number. This is the Giants season, kids. If the Giants lose this game, they're done. They're not going to make the playoffs. They lost to Dallas. I'm sorry, they lost to Detroit at home last week. They're in Dallas. They're getting ten. I don't I don't stress this enough. If we were just picking winners Everybody would get seventy percent or higher. But it's mm-hmm. the number. The number that's why it's gambling, kids. Because <laughs> the number <laughs> changes everything. Ten in a division game is so much and and I don't know if you agree with me or not. I, I think the Giants this is their season.
5: I agree. They have nobody left. I believe Reginald has to play this game. Yeah. <laughs> There's a chance I think they called him up. He's at least at a you know backup uh, uh for, for in case another person goes down, I I I heard something this week, and I you know how you hear something and you're like well, I want to believe in that, which is always bet on the better coach in a short week.
6: Um,
5: which there's some logic today, to okay, you know, and you, you figure that a, a, and and there's some stats to back it up that uh, that the better coaches seem to know how to prepare their players in these short weeks. And time I get to bet against Mike McCarthy, laying a big number, you you kind of want to do it so. It's a lot of points, and it's because it's a lot of points. So give me, give me uh, the Giants, okay, and the double digits.
1: The Sunday night game was going to be played tonight on Thursday night. It is New England at Minnesota. It's interconference. It's not particularly sexy. It'll probably get thirty-five to forty million people watching <laughs> because if you think you can last with your family, maybe you can <laughs> through dinner, but you can't last all night long. Not all you night. You gotta all go night. to somewhere else and watch the game. New England is getting two and a half at Minnesota. Minnesota is still eight and two. Yeah, I know they had a real bad loss to Dallas. Actually, it, it was actually literally the worst loss of the year. The largest margin of losing the entire year in the entire NFL. But I would have thought New England would get more than two and a half. What are your thoughts? And, and ready for this stat, I believe Minnesota
5: – is negative point differential
1: yes yes i mean that's you can't believe in them you can't
5: that's pretty impressive yeah the point is is that they obviously again that phrase you are what your record says you are mm-hmm. maybe not in this case right uh and certainly that's what the odds makers think uh i mean think about it two and a half they will not give minnesota the home field no they will not, not give two. them the home field they're basically saying on a neutral you'd rather be belichick so Remember what I said about the better coach in a short week? Yeah. This is why I think a lot of the gamblers, everybody seems to be on the Patriots here. That's my only thing that scares me is that all the money's on the Patriots. Everybody seems to be betting on the Patriots. And it's Kirk Cousins' prime time. And yeah. you know what that means? Yeah. <laughs> Kirk Cousins at night. I mean, the wolf, the moon comes out. I'm going to go with the public and be with the Patriots.
1: So you're going to take three road teams on Thanksgiving. I don't want to jinx you, but you're going to take three, right? You're going to do that.
5: Oh, okay. my one in six record.
1: Right.
5: Going conventionally has done me really well. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Cincinnati, this is a spread that surprises me. Cincinnati is at Tennessee. Tennessee has won like a million games after starting out very poorly. Cincinnati is minus three. They're a road favorite at Tennessee. Can you explain that to me?
5: This is the nobody believes in uh, Tennessee. Yeah. You know, and, and by the way, I don't know if you believe in this stuff, but Tennessee was the one seed that got eliminated by Cincinnati in the playoffs.
1: Yes, last year. Tennessee, so they would have revenge. You know, yes.
5: You would you – would, maybe they, they care about that. I don't know. How many times are we going to give Mike verbal points and get burned by it? Last week, I, I, I will – the only thing I will hold myself up for in last week is I said I didn't want to take the Packers. I don't know why the Titans are getting points. Here we go again. Um, and I feel like we're in the same situation. And there's still no Jamar Chase on the other side. And the Bengals do seem ordinary without him. So That's you'll, you'll take Tennessee at ordinary. home. Give me Tennessee at
1: home at the point. They're home dog. Yeah. It's, I, I'm. I, look, I love Cincinnati. I love Joe Burrow. I do. But this spread is, I, I didn't really understand it. Green Bay. How many times do we go into the uh, same no. well with Green Bay? Oh,
5: hey, they just went out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Green Bay plus six and a half at Philadelphia. Going to be a nice day. Well, no, Sunday rain Sunday maybe. night. Yeah. No, this oh, is that's the Sunday, Sunday night, night game. game. Sunday yep. night game. Big, big audience for that one. Green Bay plus six and a half. Who you got? I,
5: I don't have a lot of faith in the Packers. I think they can keep this within seven, but that's what the spread is. So I'm I'm going with the Eagles. Okay. I just I think I think that I think last week's game was the end. I mean, they had to win that game. I agree. and now
1: all week long it's well, well where will Aaron Rodgers play next year? That's the subject trade him to the of the Colts.
5: Time. I I'm t- I'm trying to think of who's the owner most likely to give up too much for an aging quarterback.
1: Oh, Jimmy Ursaic. Jim exactly, right? And pat himself give on the Irsay. back for doing it.
5: Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh He'll spike the football. Give me, give me all those give me, give me, all those draft picks. Yeah. Just unload the Colts. That, that seems to be the best place to go now. I don't know if Mr. Rogers will be happy about that, but I'm getting to the point where I don't care.
1: Yeah, well, he's wearing us out. I mean, he's wearing <laughs> yeah. us out. The Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers, who always are a little bit better than you think they're going to be, but they're not good. A little bit better, but not good. They're on the road at Indianapolis. the
5: Washington Commanders for the last five seasons. Yeah,
1: a little bit way. better than you think. Pittsburgh yeah. is a road favorite. Ah, a road favorite at in Indianapolis, where Jeff Saturday in two games has had that team play way above its head. Now, maybe they're due to, to crash. Maybe they're due to crash. I, I don't know this. Pittsburgh is better coached. Mike Tomlin is Probably a Hall of Fame coach. This is the first year ever that Mike Tomlin is going to have a losing record. But I am surprised, this is another spread that surprises me, that Pittsburgh is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road.
5: I want to bet against Jeff Saturday. I feel like, you know, the gig is up after, you know, the mm-hmm. high of you get the one week. Right. Then you're sort of high off of that first week. You would think this is the pop-in-the-mouth moment. Yep. uh so I, I, uh, this is one of those – I'm going to bet against Jeff Saturday until uh, until I, I – I guess I'm bankrupt.
1: Okay. Potentially. Well, you know, that could, when you spin the that wheel, if you land on bankrupt, that's where yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah, could be uh, where I am. One more game. Again, Washington playing a bad team. They play Atlanta. It's in Washington. Atlanta is getting four and a half. Every single week you say to yourself – well, it's got to end now. Well, it's got to end now. They can't win this one. It's got to end now. And they've won, I think, five out of six. Something insane like that. Are they a playoff is, team
2: right now? Hmm?
5: Are they in the, would they be the seventh seed?
1: I think they're one out. One I, out. I okay. think they're one out on that. But, but uh, Taylor Heineke, I don't know, he, he hasn't stopped winning yet. He will. I mean, people say, when is Carson Wentz coming back? Two losses in a row when Carson Wentz is back. But we'll see. Four and a half. Are you half, tired Portland, of winning yet?
5: Yeah. Uh, Are you tired of winning yet? No,
1: I'm not tired of winning. No. Yeah. No, I'm amazed by it. I, I just, every day, every Monday, I say to Wilbon, could you explain this to me? Wilbon thinks they're good. I don't think they're good.
5: They uh, have a really good defense. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the reminder. You know, it's, it's sort of like 80s NFC East football. Right? You're like, yep. you know, they were like the Giants back then. You're like, God, I don't know how they score, but they were a really good defense. Um, yeah, I think they're tougher than Atlanta. And I, I, I'm, Give me the commanders. There's a softness about Atlanta that I can't figure out.
1: Do you know that Atlanta's coach, do you know who he is, Arthur Smith? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This He's is like, amazing. It's the
5: weirdest thing. Can you imagine being wealthier than everybody you coach?
1: He is the son of Fred Smith, the CEO of FedEx. Yeah. And you just say, really? How did this happen? And this well, you know, is- his grandson, you
5: know, this guy's son was a scholarship quarterback at the University of Miami. His, name was, his first name was Cannon, by the way. He did not have one. But right. um, uh, it's a total, like, a football-obsessed fan.
1: It's wild. I think Fred Smith did. Yeah, they It's, just were it's completely wild. I mean, the only thing sort of, th- th- there are athletes that are sort of comparable. Bill Bradley's dad owned a bank. Bill Bradley had a lot of money. Bill mm-hmm. Lambeer's dad, I think, was the CEO of uh, Owings, uh, Corning Owens, whatever. I mean, Bill Lambeer came from a lot of money. Yeah, Jess Pagula. But they were, yeah, but they're athletes. Well, this guy's it a coach. With athletes
5: all the time. The right. coach. Yeah. Just remarkable. No, I love the Arthur Smith story. Yeah. Hey, hey, um, it's, a, it's a riches you know, to a,
1: riches story. <laughs> it is. It is.
5: Yeah. Hey, there's another football game Saturday that you guys should care about. Uh,
1: you, you know, M- USC? Murray.
5: Oh, oh. No, Murray and Coolidge for the state title. Wow. Yeah, I think Coolidge is given two and a half. Okay. So, you know, well, I'll take Murray. You know. uh, good. good. So good, we're good, good in football now. I think tuition,
0: you both this already be, took Murray. Yeah, we did. Yes. <laughs> yes, we this,
5: this would be the third straight D.C. state title. I always leave out the D.C. part. I would say, hey, state title. State
1: title, you get to wear a And you're like, what Well,
5: you know, you're like District of Columbia. Yeah, it's a <laughs> state know, of a mind. Yeah.
1: It's a state of mind. All right, thank That's you, Chuck. Right. Talk next week. You got it. Bye, guys. Happy Chuck trip. Todd, boys and girls. If we gave you Chuck Todd alone, be more than enough. We are padding this podcast. It's going to be about an hour and a half podcast today. Uh, if we gave you Chuck Todd alone, that would be enough. If we give you more than that, we get you away from your family because we give you a monkey. See the monkey,
4: he's scritch, scritch, scritching, along, watching his iPad, smoking and laughing, hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attaché. Nigel's going to the zoo, 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 Reginald's got the vice by two. two, sometimes he throws his
1: poo poo poo. and he's had too much Johnny Blue. All right, what has he got? <laughs> Reginald. Yeah, where is he right now? Reginald is has distanced himself from the field. Reginald was 2-1 and one last week. He's 21-11-1. He, and I, I know it's hard. It's hard for you to say to your friends, yeah, I bet with a monkey. But if you bet with a monkey, you'd be cleaning up at the moment. Yeah, you'd you'd be. be cleaning up. 21-11-1.
4: Yes. Good, good monkey. Good monkey. So I went down to the National Zoo uh, last night, and... As it is every year right around Thanksgiving, he was having his friends giving meal, not with his family, his friends, friends. He likes to have his friends over the night before Thanksgiving. Some fantastic people there uh alan arkin was sure. there usain bolt yeah and raquel welch who i guess goes way back with reginald that's amazing i didn't know that very dear friends yeah yes it's good to know yes it is good to know but they took a little break from the meal to go over these matches with me and uh the first one we gave them was the first one up it's the uh, detroit at home getting nine and a half and you think well he'll never take the lions well they don't think he's ever taken the lions But he showed me a picture of him curling. You know that sport of curling? Yeah. With Wayne Fonts, Mickey Lolich, and Joe Dumas. That tells me he's got ties to the Detroit area. Detroit's won two in a row. Right. They've won two games in a row. They
1: beat the Giants at the Giants Stadium last week. Beat them badly.
4: Yeah. And the Bills are great, but they're not... Mm,
1: Nine and a half's a lot.
4: It's a big number. So he'll take the Lions with that. Now, the next one we gave him was the second game up. It was uh, Dallas at home giving 10 to the Giants. And uh, this, another fantastic photo, but it's a little scary. Reginald playing polo. Polo. And if you've ever seen a monkey on a horse, it's it's terrifying. Yeah. Yes. Um, But he's playing polo with Tom Landry, Randy Galloway who I believe wrote for the Dallas Morning Star. No, Dallas Morning News. Dallas Morning News. Great sports columnist. Absolutely. And Ed Tuttle-Jones. They're on the same polo. So he loves Dallas, and he'll lay the 10 in that match. And, of course, the last one we gave him was Atlanta uh, getting 4.5 at the Washington football team. Uh, And this is just a series of photographs of him preparing a Thanksgiving meal, making mashed potatoes with Richie Pettibone, making the cranberry sauce with Mike Nelms, and making the stuffing with, I believe, head hog George Stark. So
1: he's going all home teams on Thanksgiving. Yes, he is. He's going to park in front of that television set at noon, (laughs) and he's not getting up. Right. That's like his own personal red zone. Now, he has two. There's no red zone today, right? Get him some of that Tillamook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you think tillamook. there's red? They can't be red I on not No, because they're, they're all
4: individual games. Yeah, they don't no, overlap. Yeah, so, no. no. He also, and I don't know if you want to put this in the tally, he's taking England against your United States tomorrow. That's okay. And he's also going to take the Buckeyes over Michigan.
1: Okay. You know, Liz Clark is going to cover that game. Oh, she is? Yeah, is that great? Oh, we'll, we'll have yeah, to get Liz her on. Is, yeah, Liz yeah. is going to cover that game. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. Uh, we'll take a break when we come back. Carville, maybe. Maybe. No, he's we, standing by. He okay, yes. Carville standing by and then Jeff Ma. Yes. All right, I'm Tony Kornheiser.
0: Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews or coverage of all the biggest stories in the nba our new show is the place to be five days a week download and follow beyond the arc on apple podcasts spotify and wherever you get your favorite podcasts
2: this is the tony kornheiser show
1: the tony kornheiser show once again these are the saddlemen this is a song called hold her Michael, if people like the Saddlemen want to send in their original music, how do they do it? Send
0: us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com And
1: is TK Gobble still out there? Still going
0: strong. For and you, have, o? you have a dinner jacket that is on
1: route. Ooh. I I've, I've ordered a dinner jacket and terry cloth pants on the inside so to the, walk the So the, the dog. pants
0: are on on back order. We're going to get those for for the next holiday. Well, let's well let's get them before it gets
1: to be spring, or else I don't really need them. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the cashmere sweater. Oh, yeah, I got fine. the cashmere sweater. Happy Thanksgiving. Feeling good, about that. <laughs> Feeling good about that. James Carville joins us now. He posted with us his picks last week, and he was 3-3. Three and three. He's 25-20-2. He and T-Boy Latchelay are making money. If you're betting with him, you're making money. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your entire family. And what are your picks this week, James.
2: Well, I'm going to give you my picks, and then I'm going to give you the all-time lock since of the year. Okay. My uh, my picks are, let's talk about uh, Cincinnati and Tulane, which is actually a pretty big game, because it's hard to get out of your mouth that Tulane's playing a big game, but they are. What what line are you seeing?
4: I've got Cincy giving one at home.
1: Uh, I saw two. Okay, two. two. All right, Tulane, all right? Now, the Michigan. last time you took Tulane, you lost with Tulane. I know. You remember that. I, okay. I
2: know. But I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm impressed. That if they win this, they'll play for the conference championship in New Orleans. And if they win that, they're going to go to a New Year's Day boat. Which mean, would be great. Right. You know what? John Maynard says, but the facts change. That's changed my mind. What do you do? All right. Facts of Tulane football, Jay. Uh, okay. The big scuffle in, Col- big scuffle in Columbus. Okay.
4: Uh, I've got uh, Ohio What's State the- giving
2: seven and a half. Okay, take Michigan. Really? That's too many points. Yeah, really? too many points. Ooh. Really, yeah. Okay. okay, all right. And, and uh, the, uh, I think Notre Dame is traveling out west. Yeah, pretty, they're at USC. Uh,
4: yeah, I've got USC you,
1: giving five and a half.
2: Take the Irish.
1: So you it. Wow, so, Okay. This is a very it's interesting, interesting thing they,
2: about... They lost to Marshall. Okay. They, they're like L.A. Schick. They're just a hell of a lot better team today than they were at the start of the season.
1: It is possible. You know it is possible that Notre Dame will be in, this year, three of the most impactful games in the entire year. They lost the opener to Ohio State, and then they started getting right. killed. But they've won five in a row, and they've averaged 40 points a game in the five they've won in a row. And if you want to see a bad defense, USC has allowed 35, 37, and 45 in wins. You can score—that's what you're thinking, right, James? You can score on USC. I'm
2: thinking that they're a lot better. You can score them, and you've got five and a half points. Yeah. How many times do we talk about how many how many 24-20 games do you see? I mean, they're everywhere. How many forty-two, thirty-eight games? Yes. They're everywhere. Five yes. and a half points is nothing to sneeze at. Okay. What else? Okay. And uh, uh, on the pro ledger, we got the uh, uh, the Buccaneers are playing who this weekend?
4: Uh, Cleveland. They're giving three and a half on the road. Tampa is.
2: Uh, give 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 up the points. Take the bucks.
1: I agree with that. I think Cleveland is now unsettled because the quarterback is coming back next week. This is the end of Brissett. I and I yeah, I agree with you on that. Totally agree. Yes, okay. Well
3: good.
2: And uh Joe Barr is going to Tennessee.
1: Yes, and he's giving three.
2: Uh I hate to say this, but I take Tennessee. Um I Zamar hey, Chase has been hurt. Yep. You, yep. know, you, you know, you know the kind of shape he's going to be in. And, 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 you know, Tennessee is not bad.
1: I don't understand you know this right? spread. I don't understand it. Tennessee's won like it. five out of I six. I don't get it.
2: Which makes it it looks but sometimes you you look at Gifford, you stick your head in a Gifford's mouth and it bites you. But we are take it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Right. What's your other pick? Right. What's the big one? the. Uh, Pac- uh, Pax, well i got one more and I'll give you the big one. Okay. The Pax, Packers and the Eagles? What's yeah. What's the line there?
4: Uh, Green Bay getting six and a half on the road.
2: Okay. Take the Eagles. Now, this is a five times play. This is courtesy of the great ACL-Sports.com. Right. The number one guy. All right. Five times play. Uh the Kansas Jayhawks travel to the great city of Manhattan, Kansas, to play the Kansas State Wildcats. What line do you see there?
4: I see uh, Kansas State giving 11 and a half.
2: Give it up. Take the Wildcats. Big time. Five times play. Five times? Garen- five times. Yes. Lock five of the times year. play Kansas State. That's from ACL-Sports.com. The best in Five times. I ain't backing down. I'm pushing ahead. I'm going forward. All right. Have I'm a like, wonderful holiday. Yeah.
1: Our best to Mary and the kids. Have a wonderful right. holiday. <laughs> Go K-State. <laughs> James Carville, right. boys and girls. A five-time bet. That means if he loses, he's 0-5 regardless of his other six uh, he, picks. Yeah, he
0: gave you some extra picks on the front
1: end. Right. right. Five-time bet. This is a, a remarkable appearance by James who did not curse. That's the first time I can recall. It sounded like
0: there were kids in the background.
1: <laughs> had a lot of people there. James, not yet, not quite sick of the family yet. Chuck Todd believes that this will be the most heavily downloaded episode we've ever done. Because people will look to get away from family and just listen to a podcast, which is why we're doing extra time Yeah, Oh, we're trying to get Jeff Ma now. Nigel talking to Jeff. Got Jeff. Dude. fantastic Jeffy, are you there you got us I am here oh, this is this is just as a side comment I wondered would we have difficulty getting guests on a holiday like Thanksgiving and the answer is no everybody's happy to be on they're already trying to distance themselves from what they have to do for the rest of the day it's lovely um, you wanted to talk a little bit you had a great week the attention must be paid Willie Loman 5 and 0. <laughs> Jeff Ma and he spread it out last week. Did some college, did some pro. 5 and 0. Oh, now 28 21 and 1. Not as good as a monkey, but who is? But ahead of all the other humans in the non-simian category, Jeff Ma 28 21 and 1. Must have felt good about a 5 and 0, oh, right? Uh
7: yeah, I mean Definitely would love to be able to be able to beat the monkey, but, you know, we do what we can as humans.
1: That's exactly <laughs> right. Did you want to talk about the 49ers who three weeks ago I picked to be in the Super Bowl? Is there a lot of you. No,
7: yeah, I wanted to give you a, a chance to do a victory lap right now because according to most of the odds, the 49ers are either second or third um, option to win the uh, Super Bowl at this point. So... Um, a lot of people in Vegas think that they would be uh, favored over um, an Eagles or a Cowboys team on a neutral field. Um, and, you know, the the two teams in the AFC, if you look at the futures markets, are obviously Buffalo and Kansas City. City. Yeah. But after that, it's, it's really the Niners. So um, I think you were early to call that, you know, as – as uh, Rick Riley would say, we'll tell you, you got that first. So good, good for you.
1: Well, I mean, it was about the Christian McCaffrey trade. And as I said the other day, it's not that I believe that Christian McCaffrey by himself is the equal of, say, Derrick Henry or Von Miller. But it's, it's matching him up with Kyle Shanahan and giving Kyle Shanahan a great tight end and three great wide receivers, two of whom can run. They can run. You can hand the ball to Debo Samuel. You can hand the ball to Christian McCaffrey. I just think that when you when you do this with Shanahan, who's one of those... You know, his dad did this for a long time. He's an offensive-minded guy. I'm not going to use the word genius, not genius. But he's ahead of the others. He and Sean McVay are actually ahead of some of the others, and it is the, it, it's the genetics of it in both their cases, right? Don't you look at, at Shanahan and say, wow, you've given him too many toys?
7: Yeah, I mean there's a couple of things with the 49ers one i think shanahan is is the best play caller although do you know what his career record is as a 49ers coach
1: no i i know he went to the super bowl once but he's 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 not been like a 12 and 5 guy no
7: no i think he i think he actually may be below 500 as a 49ers coach wow crazy to think about yeah um but he's a great play caller for sure and defensively, um, that team is insane. I mean, yes. Bosa is just such a such yes. a powerhouse there. And it's so disruptive. Yeah, I mean, his uh, Shanahan's career is actually 49 and 48 right now. He's right around 500. So he's not quite as good as you would think he was. But, yeah, I mean, I think this is the year that he's got to prove it because he's had a lot of injury problems on the team, and they've all piled up over the course of his career. He's had challenges at quarterback with Jimmy G, but this is the year – I think the only thing that holds them back is Jimmy G, and ultimately this is where Shanahan should make his money by being able to overcome the shortcomings that he has as a quarterback.
1: Just just to amplify on that point, they are so lucky that they didn't trade him. They are so lucky that he agreed to a one-year deal when they humiliated him publicly by saying they were giving the job to Trey Lance, who then immediately broke all the bones in his body. And even Shanahan said, "We are fortunate to have him in in jeff one of the great understatements of the year. <laughs> yes, they are fortunate to have him right
7: yeah, i mean absolutely and and you know they Garoppolo, i think they were positioning it for him to trade him later in the year. that's why they brought him in, but then obviously they needed the insurance that they they put in and and you know they, it what's interesting is from a future standpoint because i have ha- i've had futures on the 49ers since maybe the second or third week of the season to win uh, the Super Bowl in the NFC. When, you know, Garoppolo actually got named the the starter or when he became the starter because of Trey Lance's injury, you know, what? Would, what is your perception of whether they were a better team for to win the Super Bowl or a worse team? What do you think?
1: I would have said they were a better team because he knew the offense and he knew how to run it, and not saying that he's particularly good, but it's possible that they, they were rated a worse team because people have no faith in him.
7: Well, I think there's two arguments to it. One is that this, this, the floor that they have as a team is much higher now because he's so steady, although the ceiling is probably lower, lower. because of the variance of Trey Lance and what, what he That's could right. or may, may be able to do. Is less so. So if you're trying to win the Super Bowl, I think you hope that Trey Lance ultimately somehow you know reaches a new level. But I think ultimately they they got pretty close to reaching the Super Bowl last year with a, an injured Jimmy. This year they've got more toys and um, hopefully a healthy Jimmy. So I think I think ultimately it was probably better for their short-term prospects. I agree. To have Jimmy in there.
1: I agree. All right, give yeah. us some games.
7: All right, I'm going to start with Jacksonville plus the four. Um, I think this is a game that, that they will stay close in. They they've stayed close in many games this year. Um, and it's a game ultimately they could win. Uh Baltimore struggled last week a bit over a very very bad Carolina team. Um and you know, Jacksonville here I think is, is good value plus before at home.
1: Are you disappointed in Jacksonville in, in Trevor Lawrence? Are you disappointed in him?
7: I mean, I think the funny thing about Trevor Lawrence is and And I actually said this on our podcast that the process where um you know many years ago when he first came into the league um which was that we have seen we had seen him struggle in college with accuracy when he played against really good teams, and the thing about college quarterbacks that play for these powerhouses is they're throwing to elite wide receivers who are playing against you know maybe not very elite uh, secondary and so ultimately you're seeing quarterbacks throw into huge windows in college and the the biggest thing for an NFL quarterback has nothing to do with size or athleticism it's accuracy and so I think Trevor Lawrence not being very accurate is not a huge surprise and that being the thing that kind of holds him back in the NFL is ultimately the thing he's going to have to fix so um, I think until he fixes that, I, I, I will have issues, or I won't be too surprised when he struggles.
1: To, just to to underline that, Sam Darnold was the number three overall pick, and Sam Darnold was wildly inaccurate at USC and had an enormous amount of interceptions in college. And some of us said, "Why would you make this guy the number three pick when he's just shown you in mismatch games he's not particularly good?" And where's Sam Darnold now? Well, he's going to start for Carolina this week. But he's basically on the shelf. He, like Nobody thinks he's anything. Okay, what else you got?
7: Yeah, another quick example of that is like Matt Leiner. Right? Leiner was throwing into these
1: huge windows at
7: yeah. USC and then came to the NFL and was like, wait, I have to throw through tiny windows to Can't get the do ball? It. So it's Can't a different do it. thing. Yeah, I'm going to take the Browns plus the three over Tampa. Um, still not a believer in this Tampa Bay team. And um think they, they'll struggle here against the Browns.
1: I would go the other way on this, but... You know that's just me. Okay, what else?
7: Take Bears plus the six and a half over the Jets. Um, I'm I'm a believer in Justin Fields, and I'm not a believer in the Jets, even though they're making the quarterback change. They have a great D, Um, but I I think six and a half points is too many for um, these two teams.
1: I have I watched ESPN all week. I have never seen a quarterback get crushed like Zach Wilson got crushed across the entire network all week long. Did that surprise you at all, Jeff? They killed this kid. Like, it's like, don't even don't even come to work. You're so terrible.
7: I, I'm not sure what's going on, but clearly someone does not have an appreciation for him. Wow. I mean, the press conference was tough, right? I mean, yes. they ask him if you have, there's just better ways to, it, it's a tough question, but then it, there's better ways to answer that. But you're a young kid that probably hasn't had training you need to answer a question like that on the spot when you clearly stunk the joint up. Oh,
1: You have to say i got to be better. That's what you have to say. I've got to be better. I let people down. Alright, what else?
7: I'm going to take the Raiders plus the four over Seattle. Um, you know, Obviously, the Raiders came through for me last week. They're still yes. what, not what I would call an, <laughs> an elite team by any means. Seattle is the, the team that we all like are not really sure if they're as good as they are, but somehow... Um, they seem to continue winning. But again, this is just points, right? Raiders plus the four and what's likely to be a field goal game. Okay. Um, I'll take it. And then I'm going to take one call's game. I'm going to take Notre Dame plus the five and a half over SC. Um, SC cannot stop anyone. Um, it's basically who has the ball last. Notre Dame, we've talked about, is not explosive, but I think they're going to be able to have some sustained drives against this SC team. And their defense is, is much better than the UCLA defense or, or many of the defenses that. that um, SC has seen in the Pac-12, so I think plus the five and a half in, in what is essentially Notre Dame's, you know, the most important game in Notre Dame's schedule. Um, whereas SC still has for the Pac-12 championship, um, I like Notre Dame here.
1: So I mentioned this to Carville just a few minutes ago. Southern California has allowed in victories 35, 37, and 45 points. The notion that they're going to run away from somebody is crazy. Their defense is awful, right? It's awful.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Just yeah, they, they can't stop anyone, and I, I think winning by margin for them is going to be challenging. I mean, you know, again, they, they can put up points, and Caleb Williams is arguably the, the Heisman, the Heisman yep. one of the big choices for the Heisman, but um, I do think that they're, this is a case where I'll take the points.
1: Thank you, Jeff. You can hear Jeff and Rufus on Bet the Process. Thanks. We'll talk next week. Thank you, Jeff. All right, thanks, Tony. Jeff Ma, boys and girls. We'll take a break. We have email and jingle when we return. You know, I, I sort of feel like we're doing a telethon, like we're approaching three hours on this particular podcast. Yes, don't forget the tote bags. We've got to pump those. <laughs> right, just, all right. <laughs> I'm Tony Kornheiser.
2: I'm Mark Chapman.
0: Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.
6: That mail now,
1: baby. I just hope if I have another wedding that I could get Hot Pink Hangover <laughs> to come back around and yes, just reunite. play the wedding. I just think I'd love that song so much. Do you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad?
4: Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. And they are open today on of Thanksgiving. Of they are. We're crowded this morning. Uh, you know what? There was a little bit of a crowd, but you could see all the
1: huge orders waiting to be picked up. Yes. These massive bags. Because people are having guests right? over. Yes. Sure. Not everybody wants the traditional turkey. Not everybody wants picked up a random
0: bag. <laughs> That's yeah, it for us <laughs> today.
1: Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say you can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Walk right in, it's around the back, just a half a mile from the railroad track. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. The one and only hit by Arlo Guthrie, son of Woody Guthrie. Thanks to our guests today Chuck Culpepper, Chuck Todd, James Carville, Jeff Ma. Thanks to our sponsors, Indochino, Simply Safe, and Wondery, where you can listen to the Men in Blazers podcast. And remember you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Let me wish everybody like a, a happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Thanksgiving is I mean it's it is the American holiday. July fourth is not the American holiday. Everybody has an Independence Day. Thanksgiving Day is is ours. You know, it goes all the way back to the pilgrims and it's right, it's a lovely holiday.
0: Beautiful, great way to spend time with family We are tipping off tonight at 5.45 Doors open at 4 o'clock Yeah, we'll be <laughs> there Please don't walk the dog before then No,
1: no, no, but I'm, I'm going to leave at 6 Please
0: don't peer through our shutters No, I peered through your shutters this morning <laughs> Well, you know That's what I have to deal with
1: All right, But morning, my, Dad.
0: my outdoor lights are working again They are indeed
1: <laughs> Down to Mike dust, baby. Schuster <laughs> Mike Schuster in South Bend, Indiana All the recent discussion regarding plots or spoofs of Hallmark movies Is missing a critical element Plots are irrelevant. Hallmark movies are all about structure. Yes, You need three main characters. The first character is the primary star of the film, often a woman. She has a life and a boyfriend. However, that life is somehow changed in a tangible way. It sometimes involves a change in her location. The second character is her boyfriend. He is typically a schmuck. This is such a funny line. Such a funny one. He doesn't know it, but he's on his way out the door. The last character is the new guy who meets the woman uh, in the new location or job. The woman and the new guy spend the majority of the movie falling for each other, despite all odds, despite their differences, blah, blah, blah. At the one hour, 40 minute mark of the movie, we need a crisis. It's the essential component and occurs in every Hallmark movie. It must threaten the relationship that was built in the preceding one hour 40 minutes. In the next 20 minutes, the woman and the new guy discover it was all a big misunderstanding and live happily ever after. The plot does not matter, just stick to the formula. During the pandemic, I often join my wife watching Hallmark movies. The best part of these movies for me was to play the game Guess the Crisis. If you are really good, you can nail it at the halfway point. Would the crisis be someone is burning down the gazebo? Yes. That could be it. Yes. From Terry Tahara in Bremen, Indiana. Being the same uh, age demographic as you, 65 to death, I thought I might give you some tips before your first excursion on the e-bike. Your top two nemesis will be wind and hills. I would recommend you start out riding with the wind and save the electrical charge for riding into the wind. Map your route to avoid as many hills as possible. They will also deplete your charge. The flatter the terrain, the better. Also, do not take Chessie with you and tie her to any part of you or the bike. One squirrel and your toast. You may even want to have Michael and Nigel be in a chase car. <laughs> You're going to do it first. Uh, I'm just imagining an actual pace car just to follow you. You're going to do it first. Yeah. We'll watch you. Um, from Luke Reeder. Hi, the my name is... The of the car. My <laughs> name is Lucas. I live in Bedville, <laughs> Arkansas, the mountain bike capital of the United States. And while listening to Monday's show, I finally was able to use my knowledge for something. While you can get a helmet for $30, even a helmet with built-in speakers, you should opt for the more expensive options because you only get one brain, especially looking for a helmet with MIPS, which helps absorb impacts from falls as the system will help the helmet turn on your head as the impact occurs. Also, the city is advertising that the shutdown around 8th and Walton is scheduled to end in (laughs) June of 2023, which seems awfully long for such a small intersection. What does MIPS stand for?
0: I think that's actually a, a system that gives you picks for college games. Yes,
1: that's exactly what it is. My no idea I, I, it's to protect my head yes <clears throat> from caleb cutler in kaysville K A Y S V I L L E, utah dear tony please make sure nigel or michael goes with you to buy the helmet or we're going to get another burger king fiasco from uh, bill isaacson dear michael so you're feeling stupid and guilty because you figured out the morning of your only sister's wedding that you forgot to get your pants hemmed ha it could be worse <laughs> i did the same thing but it was my own wedding day You see, I had purchased a new tux for my wedding, and on the morning of the nuptials, I put the pants on, and then they went about a foot below my shoes. I had forgotten to get them hemmed. This was before the internet, so I grabbed the yellow pages at my hotel in Louisville, looked up tux rentals, ripped out the page, and raced in my rental car to a strip mall with a tux rental in Louisville open on a Saturday morning. No problem, I told myself. I'm lucky to be a male. All I needed to do was rent a pair of black pants. I arrived at the Tux Rental Place and found there was a line outside of fathers and sons stretching across the strip mall. Of course, it was prom weekend. With the clock ticking, I walked to the front of the line, looked the fathers in the front of the line in the eye, and I said, Do you mind if I cut in line? I'm getting married in an hour. (laughs) They waved me through. Depending on whose version of the rest of the story you hear, I arrived either 10 minutes early or 10 minutes late for the photos before the wedding. (laughs) I decided while smiling during the photos to wait to tell my soon-to-be bride about my morning's adventure for a few days. For the wedding, by the way, we hired one guy in kilts, and a second one showed up uninvited. Sophia, despite my stupid failure and despite our paying double for guys in kilts, somehow remains related to me by marriage to this day. Good luck with your wedding.
4: I have an answer for you. multi-directional
1: impact protection system. That's multidirectional means if I'm hit from two sides. Exactly, yeah. And I fall crazily on the back of my head. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, from Oren Hirsch. I never expected to be able to share Jerusalem travel info via the mailbag, but Matt's email from Friday created the opportunity. I worked for the Jerusalem Transportation Management Team until 2014, so while my contacts haven't given me any advance warning of of road work in San Simon, they have warned me that the Blue Line light rail construction will take place on King George Street in the coming years and will be extremely disruptive to the traffic patterns in the center of the city. In fact, this project may make the inconveniences caused by the Purple Line construction in Maryland seem minuscule by comparison. Best start to prepare now. I'm also the person behind the unofficial Jerusalem bus map, and I invite all littles who are traveling by public transit in Jerusalem to make use of the website to plan their trips. The bigs are invited too, but I don't actually expect them to ride mass transit with the rest of us, and it is JerusalemBusMap.com. From Patrick Sitter in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Have Liz and Ron returned from their honeymoon in Galena, Ohio yet? (laughs) That's sort of funny. From Claire Natola. Here, there's traffic. (laughs) Last night, I dreamt that my friend Larry and I were eating at an IHOP when a parody song of Nat King Cole's Unforgettable came over the speakers. Can you imagine a parody version coming out that quickly? Larry asked me in astonishment. That's nothing, I replied. Dan Byrne can turn one around in a day. The dream got a lot weirder after that, but I'll spare you the details. Happy Thanksgiving (laughs) to you, the bigs, the littles, and all of your families. From Sean Morrissey in Conshohocken, Pennsylvania. Catching up on the pod, elated to hear that Nigel has joined the ministry at the Universal Life Church. Proud member here since 2013. I've performed 13 wedding ceremonies since then. My record for these arrangements is holding up, currently 11 and 2. Not perfect, but better than 5 and 11, which is not too good. Welcome, Brother Nigel, and congrats to the bride and groom. From Gary Van Giesen, Tony, your interpretation of a Thanksgiving dinner roll on PTI last night was spot on. (laughs) You know, I I thought I looked much more like a donut, a glazed donut. The way your head sat in the center of it was like a pat of unmelted butter. Truly inspired touch. We laughed so hard we missed half the show. Thanks for being such a good sport and bringing so much fun to all of us on both the TV show and the Quality Podcast. Well, it's not like Wilbun's going to wear a costume. No. He's just not going to do it. Mm -mm. Right? He's not going to do it. Oh, here's another one from Patrick Sitter in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Because it is Thanksgiving week and because of your historical distaste of pumpkin, I felt compelled to share Garrison Keillor's observation on the dessert many of us will be digesting in the coming days. Pumpkin pie is a living symbol of mediocrity. The best pumpkin pie you ever ate wasn't all that much different from the worst pumpkin pie you ever ate. And on that night, note, I will say to you, if you're out on your bike tonight or any other night, as always, do wear white.
3: You know, I said when the turkey concept was first brought up, I said, there's a very good chance I'm going to end up looking
2: stupid if I come out of weird. Paul
1: Simon. Right? Paul yes. Simon talking yes. to Lauren Michaels. That's right. In the greatest turkey costume of all time. Brilliant. And at least it had a head. I didn't even have a head. <laughs> I didn't have a head. And, and, and the elastic on my wings was broken. broken. Yes. You know, huh? It was half price. Half price. Half price cost him. That was ridiculous. <laughs>